I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Welcome to December. My gosh, I love this time of year. Don't you? There's so much to talk about this week. We're going to share a Christmas watch list and playlist, and you know, in case you're looking for some suggestions, I've got to tell you about the new movie called Harriet. Oh, the Lindsey Sterling concert? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. There are some really inspiring and empowering things she said that I've got to share with you. We have our further thoughts on episode four of The Mandalorian, and we are nerding out on a lot this week. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh. Uh, let's rock it. Well, I would like to call myself the real Santa Claus. No, I'm the real Brian. What's up, Captain? I'd like to rock it this week, Brian. Oh. I'm waiting to catch a cold from my wife. Oh, does she uh, have a cold? It's, just, it's, it's that time of year. Has she been with you? What, no, what no. What am I trying to do right now? That's, uh, that's, that's Sean like Connery-ish. Sean Connery-esque. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. You're right. trying to catch a cold from your wife. Yeah, and I'm just kind of nervous right now because she's got a bad cold, and oh, I know I'm going to catch it from oh, her because no. I don't I don't quarantine myself from her when she gets sick. So don't believe it. Just say you know what, I'm going to be healthy. My immune system is um, getting built right now. I'm exercising every morning. I'm yeah. taking my vitamins. I'm doing everything I can that does not involve quarantine to try not to get it. So you'll be just fine. You're going to be healthy. Yeah. You've got gaming to do, man. <laughs> Oh, do I? Let's go over that in a little while. Oh, behave. We will. That'll be really wonderful. So I just want to say, once again, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you for listening. We always appreciate you joining us. And I got to tell you, I am just so thankful for you being here today. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. (laughs) Dude, Christmas movies, man. Christmas movies, we are in the season. And we're going to share with you our Christmas watch list and playlist here in a few minutes. Started the eggnog, by the way. With rum? No, I don't drink it with rum. Eh, you know me. Matter. But did yeah. you? Have you started the eggnog with rum? No, because again, I, I, I just can't drink anymore. So okay, no, how about no more eggnog? eggnog for me. Eggnog nope, in general? Nope. Won't touch it. What? It's got to be alcoholic or I don't even bother. Oh, you just haven't had the right eggnog. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what else I love doing is, you know, eggnog in general is just great. But then throw a little bit in your coffee in the morning. Oh, that, mm, no, that's a good point. That's, that's a good so point. Good. It's so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Sarah, AKA Miss Light made these pumpkin tarts. It was supposed to be like, you know, pumpkin pie type of thing, except, you know, little mini things like in a cupcake size. Anyway. Oh my gosh, dude. I got to say, they've got to be some of the best I've ever had. If not the best. Oh my gosh. I'll be out in two weeks. So save me one. Well, they're gone, but maybe she can Ah. make some more. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, man, I'll tell you what it, they're healthy because they're sweetened with dates, I believe. Oh, That's yeah. it. And they're sweet enough. And then here's the thing, though. So Dates. she likes to make, you know, a little frosting whipped cream kind of thing, but it's made out of just pure coconut cream. And then you add a little bit of vanilla and almond extract to it and a teeny, wow. teeny bit of powdered sugar just to put a teeny yeah. bit of sweetness in it. Put it on top. Dude, oh, my gosh. Oh, and the, the crust was a little bit salty. Not a lot, but just a little bit. So it gave that sweet and salty kind of. Oh, my uh. gosh. I am so jelly. I was just oh, like, my God. Oh, it was so good. You don't even know. Yeah, I was. I don't even know. My dad makes this crazy cake, too. That's what it's called. Crazy cake. And it's like chocolate with chocolate chips and cream cheese too frosting. Much. And too much, dude, dude. Good times. You know, this is the time of year, though, where it's like, watch it. You got to watch it. Are you going to gain weight? Mm-hmm. Got too much sugar going through your body. So yeah. much snow, too, man. This is pure snow. It's everywhere. Have you any idea what the street value of this mountain is? Yeah, that's right. We got about two feet. I mean, we talked about it last week, but we got about two feet. And here we are. Well, almost two weeks later, about a week and a half to two weeks later, and it's still melting. There's so much snow. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I love it when it just dumps like that. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, man. Not here. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's just dreary and cold in Des Moines. It's, oh, uh, bummer. But it's just very little snow so far, even with the big storms we've been getting. Hardly any snow. We had thunderstorms the other night. That's weird. 
awesome. Cool, but weird. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I know we're, I'm just used to snow this time of year, but hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I mentioned last week and I know people have been like just waiting, literally waiting by their phones and their computers and everything just to wonder what happened with my laptop. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, I know. I know bated breath, man. So Captain Hammerpants helped me take it apart. We Good old Captain Hammerpants. Yeah, Pants. which by the way, it seems to be working now, you know, because we did that little yeah. thermal paste stuff on it. Well, yeah. after that, I got confident because my cooling pad, I had bought a cooling pad couple years ago whatever you know the little thing that you stick your laptop on turn the fan on keeps it cool that kind of thing well the power socket in the cooling pad you plug the power cord in and it's super loose and it just won't stay connected it won't turn on right so i thought i have to buy a new one then i thought you know what after taking apart the laptop with captain hammer pants i got super confident so i thought you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take apart the cooling pad by myself and i'm gonna fix that little socket plug thingy it works again Oh, I fixed that's it, man. Awesome. That's I, great I news. tightened it up. Yeah, I got it all working. It wasn't broken. Everything was fine. It's just cheaply made. Great job. Whoever made it. You guys suck. <laughs> anyway, cooling pad works again. <laughs> lappy is cool. Lappy is happy. Oh, lappy yeah. Is happy. That's happy, right. lappy, happy life. That's I just right. hope my wife doesn't listen to this episode because there's so much <laughs> stuff I should be fixing in the house right now. Shh. Don't say it. Shh. Yeah. You didn't say that. You were not listening. Yeah. I hear... On good authority that you're planning, uh, you already ordered, you pre-ordered the Tesla Cybertruck, Captain Influence? Really? Not even, sort of. What? Don't even put me in that category. You're not going to get one? Come what on. What an ugly, what an isn't ugly get vehicle. One? Oh, dude, it looks so that awesome. Looks like, no, it looks like something that they might be bumping around on Mars in maybe 30, yeah. 40 years. Maybe if they can get around the, the radiation problem. Uh, when I first saw the Cybertruck on the internet a couple weeks ago, my jaw kind of dropped. I'm like, really, guys? <laughs> it looks like some kind of like DeLorean, which I love DeLoreans, by the way. Uh, but it looks like some kind of weird Rover meets DeLorean type of hybrid. I don't want a Cybertruck whose windows can be busted out. I'm sorry. Well, I know. They just didn't fully test that yet. I'm sure they will <laughs> fix that. It's Elon. He'll figure it out, but it'll be fine. Eventually, it'll be bulletproof. I got people shooting at me all the time, Brian. So I know in Iowa, man. Yeah, seriously, exactly. Iowa's violent, man. Here's what I'm thinking, though: is that they messed up, stock went down, everything's bad. They're going to fix it now. In fact, they're probably going to be that much more attentive to fixing it the right way. And then for you people in Iowa, you know the most violent state (laughs) in the U.S., um, you know you'll have your armored, bulletproof trucks, cyber trucks here, and you you can play some, you know, Grand Theft Auto. Although uh, no. That's wrong. That's terrible. Don't ever Life do is, that. It's like they should make a Grand Theft Auto Des Moines. Uh, oh, Rockstar yeah, should really yeah. get on that. Yeah. And it would just make no sense at all, but it would be good. So it's I heard crazy. or read something that was saying that it's DeLorean meets. I, I think it was Mad oh. Max and DeLorean and then they dropped it. <laughs> I then, think you know, that kinda... the engineers who designed the chassis were dropped on their head. Not to mention when they were babies. Who thinks that that's an attractive vehicle? It's so weird. I'm probably the only person here, but I love the design. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think it's ridiculously like it's so ridiculous. It's awesome. Well, we already knew you've been dropping on your head too many times. So yeah, no well, surprise there. Actually, yeah, but uh, tripped, got my <laughs> leg caught in a seatbelt, fell out of the van. Cool story, bro. True story, actually. But hey, that's all right. That's that's what's wrong with me. But it's all good. Because I remember everything. I still I was like let's, six years old. I remember that. But anyway, I like the Tesla Cybertruck. But here's the thing that I really like about it is the potential of it. That mm. it's like up to 16 inches of ground clearance, which is amazing. And they're talking about just all kinds of other things feature wise. I think it's going to be really cool once they get it right. They may need to do some design tweaks, but I think it'll be a really cool idea. Although the Model Y is coming out and that actually looks interesting to me because it's a version of the model three. I guess it's a cross between the model three and the model X, which is the SUV version. So it's like one of those crossover almost SUVs, um, but cheaper than the model X, which is like starts around. A, I, I don't know. I think a good model X that has what you want in it is like 120,000, which is just crazy. It just makes me wonder what models a through W were like. You know, they went from X to Y and then they've got the Cybertruck, which is the Z. I really don't know. But hey, I like the Model 3. Captain Hammerpants has one, by the way. The only thing. Oh, the Tesla Model 3. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about the Model 3 is it just feels a little small for me being six foot four. I fit, but I would just prefer something a little bit higher off the ground, you know, a little bit bigger. And like I said, the X just isn't my thing. So the Y, but I mean, you know what? Here's the thing. 
I don't need a Tesla. I would love one, but I don't need one. But maybe the Cybertruck now. <laughs> See, my wife works at a hospital and she knows a doctor who ordered one of these Cybertrucks. Guess how long he has to wait to get it? Six years. Two years. Oh, well, that's not entirely Two out of the years. question. No, it's not, it's not crazy. I mean, if that's yeah. what you really want to spend your money on, uh, that's not crazy, but it's like two years really to wait for a vehicle. See, so, I think they're doing something genius though. They're putting it out and they're seeing how many pre-orders they get. And if they get a lot of pre-orders, then they build it. And if they don't, then they just shove it under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, fair give enough. Give everybody their money back. I mean, I don't, that's my I, theory, right? So instead of I making something Elon that bombs. Musk, so yeah. He's, anybody who can get a rocket to land on a barge and <laughs> multiple times legitimately, he's got my two thumbs up. So yeah, yeah I give him the benefit of the doubt in almost anything. So nice. Anyway, you have to nerd out on that. All right. Well, my Christmas decorations are up. So who's ready for Christmas? Let me just ask that. Who's ready? Whether you're actually like, you know, legitimately ready or just excited for it. Ready. If you know what I mean. We're ready early this year, not decoration wise, but we've gotten all of our presents already. I think. Yeah. We're not doing any last minute stuff this year. Good for you. Uh, We've got it down. So we're more than ready. We've been hearing, you know, Christmas music, of course, if you if you listen to that old antiquated thing that's in your car, it's, it's called a radio, by the way. Oh, F- yeah, yeah. FM. Yeah. Do you remember that? FM radio? Good song by uh, Steely Dan, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a long time ago, <laughs> though. I'm just radio. Uh, they're playing a lot of Christmas music, you know, in the stores and everywhere else. You hear uh-huh. Blue Christmas a lot. Usually it's the Elvis version. You know, the I'll have a blue Christmas without you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. You yeah. never hear this version, though. And this is the one I just love, man. This is the one they should play. Okay. I'll have a, 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 a blue <laughs> a, a Christmas. Yeah. A, 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 a without you. This is the only one to play. About you. <laughs> This is the best one. Decorations of re- 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 okay. Let's pull it on my Spotify list right now. Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't even know who did this. It, but. it, it won't be the same <laughs> Was it Mel Blanc or was it after? Oh, after that Mel Blanc. Porky Pig. I know, but Mel Blanc did his voice originally. I just wonder if oh, man, I don't that know. recording is that old. See, that's the one they should be playing in the stores and on the radio. Forget Elvis. I mean, Elvis you is awesome, have- but come on. All the shoppers would just be rolling on the floor laughing. Yeah. They wouldn't get much shopping done. So that's going to go on your Christmas playlist. Let's talk about this. We have our Christmas watch list, playlist, whether you're listening to music, watching movies this time of year, that kind of thing. So what, what are your recommendations, Captain? Well, so I don't have a watch list for Christmas. I really, I just never have gone to that sort of effort, you know. Do you watch anything at all for Christmas? Oh, no, no, I re- we don't have any, my wife, neither my wife nor I have any kind of, what's the duh word I'm looking for right now, Brian? Traditions? Uh, thank you. So you don't have a no. movie that you watch, no. but are you ever open to good movies for Christmas? Of course, of course. But what we, my wife and I do do, what we do do every year yeah. around Christmas time is we yeah. listen to two things. Oh, we listen to Handel's Messiah. Oh, okay. That's even better. She, that's even better. She has that on, on repeat in her car. Nice. Pretty much the whole month of December. And we listen to Charlie Brown Christmas. Nice. That's such a good Christmas album, by the way. Yes, it is. Uh, we probably mentioned it in last in previous Christmases too, but we're we're you're just gonna have to listen to it again. And oh, and I do have a tradition that I just kind of didn't mention. It doesn't have to do with movies, but I do have a Mannheim Steamroller album burning party with oh, myself every year. Wow! Because I can't stand Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> can't stand them. Oh gosh! When they came out, was it the eighties? I guess. It sounded 80s. I remember it. Yeah, they sounded 80s. And there are some really amazing songs they did. Like their version of Carol of the Bells is really, really well done. Hmm. They have a few. There are also a few on the album that are so bad. I mean, <laughs> so bad. I'm just thinking of. Well, yeah, but it was it was a niche, man. There's one. I think it was Rudolph. The Rudolph one, though, is really bad. It's it's bad. It's worse than that one, though. But to be fair, in the mid 80s, I didn't mind it. Yeah. My grandparents had it on. I remember one Christmas specifically. They were playing it at our family get together in probably 85, 86. I didn't mind it then. It's it's very dated. It's not bad music, but you're right. Exactly. It's it's dated. It's still fun, though. I, I, okay. It's fun to burn the albums. 
know, you know what, what the- a burning album smells like, Brian? No, but I have put CDs in microwaves before, and that's really fun. It's like a lightning okay. party, man. I'm not kidding. There's like, you seriously got like arcs going in the microwave, and it's just, it's, it's sure. beautiful. If you actually look at your CDs afterwards, there's these beautiful designs. Oh, neat. Yeah, you I don't make art. I don't recommend it, though, because you could blow yourself up, and um, plus you'd ruin your microwave. So we did it in college, you yeah. know, when we had those throwaway microwaves for $10. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah those kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to say this, though. I am... I'm very like surprised, not surprised, but like it was a good thing to bring up. Like, oh yeah, Handel's Messiah and then Charlie Brown Christmas album. We didn't talk about that last year, by the way. So good. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh yeah, duh. Those are awesome. So thank you for sharing those. Oh, you're welcome. Man, I've got so much Christmas music. There is, I think I mentioned these guys. It's been since 2018. I know that because that was the last time their album came out, but Future of Forestry. And they started doing a lot of orchestral symphonic type music really beautiful almost soundtrack like and they've got a new christmas album out that's just incredible and it's all actually i think it's only an ep but they have i mean a couple of original songs that they wrote and it's just absolutely incredible and then they did a version of i think it's i wonder as i wander i think that was the one they did but oh my gosh so check out the new future of forestry christmas album if you're interested I put a few songs on my actual, you know, TRB's gloriousness, uh, a few new Christmas songs. Yeah, they did. I wonder as I wander. Awesome. But I also have TRB's Christmas mix and that's just kind of all over the place. There's some August Burns Red Christmas we talked about last year, that rock Christmas, which is awesome. But there's all kinds of stuff. Lindsey Sterling. Oh, I got to tell you about that concert here in a minute. But yeah, just some glorious, glorious stuff on there. But as far as movies I checked this movie out last year. It did not get great ratings, but I really enjoyed it. And that was Nutcracker and the Four Realms. It was the live action version. The most recent one a year ago came out last year. And of course, it's not the original Nutcracker. So I know like the Nutcracker purists hacked the movie, but who cares? It wasn't meant to be a retelling of the play. It was meant to be Hmm. its own like movie adaptation. So we watched it last year and I don't think we ever talked about it, but I'm watching it again because I'm like, it was actually really enjoyable even though they play some of the Nutcracker music and stuff. So it's kind of like, it's almost like a companion to the original Nutcracker. So loved it a lot. I never did see the new Grinch movie that came out last year as well. I kind of had my concerns about it, but people that saw it said it was good. So I'm going to watch it and at least see. And then there's the Netflix Christmas movies that come out every year. (laughs) And usually it's like cheese factor. It's like cheese whiz, man. You're not even going for like a highly beautifully aged cheddar or some brie or smoked gouda. We're not talking that level of cheese. We're it's like talking Velveeta. cheese whiz and Velveeta <laughs> on a Dorito, a nacho cheese Government Dorito. Cheese. Government cheese. Yeah. <laughs> what was one like the night before Christmas, like as in K N I G H T night, you know? No, I, I think those, those Netflix Christmas movies are like, are the, just the stuff that people have on in the background. Yeah. You don't want to actually their pay family attention. Christmases yeah. no, that no one's going to be watching or anything. Yeah. So I think we need to do a cheese rating. You know, how cheesy was it? Fine Gouda or was it, uh, you know, Velveeta or Cheese Whiz? I like that. That'd be great. That'd be great if I wanted to put the t- the hours into watching cheesy movies. Oh, I just to meant in general. I, you know, just in general. Because like there's a movie that's out called Christmas Break-In right now. And it has um, Denise Richards. We were talking about her with uh, uh, Starship with Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah. So here she is, Back you know, that many years later. She, I haven't seen her. I don't think I've seen her since then. So I was like, oh, Denise, look at that. Hello. Um, And then some other people that I, oh, no, Danny Glover's in it. Oh, yeah, he's in it. And then I don't know who else. But it's actually, I would give this one a cheddar cheese rating. Cheddar? Okay. Mild, sharp, or Vermont? um, Let's go Vermont. It's not terrible. It's actually well done. I I like Danny Glover's, I like his character. Um, I love Vermont. You got to understand, though, that it's still cheesy, but it's on the higher end of the cheese here, the cheese scale. So I'm liking okay. this. Um, Santa Chronicles, okay. you know, was last year with Kurt Russell. That was a good one. Got to watch oh, yeah. that. Oh, again. yeah. And I saw, or, or we no, saw Christmas that. We Chronicles. reviewed that. It was Christmas, Christmas Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just, I wrote that wrong. Got to watch that again. And then, of course, I got to throw in my Home Alone Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. Elf, the classic 1964 Grinch. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus 1 and 2. You brought up Charlie Brown Christmas. Got to watch that. I have some other Christmas movies, of course. Well, Nativity I was thinking story. of the album for Charlie Brown Christmas, but yes, the, the show is very good too. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like the, the show as well as the album. Yeah, absolutely. So there's more. So if you're looking for additional ideas, do let us know, but I would like to hear your ideas. Of course, there's your other Christmas classics like 
you know, Die Hard. Um, I always <laughs> die throw hard two. in uh, <laughs> die, die Hard three. No, three wasn't Christmas. It was just one and oh, two. Oh, that's right. One yeah. and two. One and two. I mean, one's a classic, but uh, Better Off Dead for me is a Christmas movie because there's yeah. a big Christmas scene in it. So yes. got to watch that. So anyway, if you're looking for some good Christmas albums, come talk to us. We got some ideas, but you got to open or you're getting ready to open a Christmas present a little early. I understand. Oh, yes. So I, I bought myself just before Christmas hits. I bought myself a little Christmas present and it's a Nintendo Switch Lite. No way. And I bought Link's Awakening. Oh. Now, back in the 90s, late 90s, I was a big fan of the Game Boy game, Link's Awakening. And it's, it's, it's considered one of the best Zelda games ever, right? And it came out on Switch. And I haven't bought, Brian, I haven't even really played much any non-PC gaming anything since probably high school. Wow. And so this is the first purchase I've made since, well, maybe even ever for myself, that is not PC gaming. So... I'm really looking forward to getting ridiculously addicted to this thing. I hope that I get my money's worth out of it, uh, both with this game and with the other Zelda, what is it called? The Wild or, or mm-hmm. what's the Wild one? Anyway, it's Breath the really the popular one. Breath of the Wild. Thank yep. you. If I enjoy it, I'm going to get that one and we'll see what else. But yeah, so I'm excited. If you get Mario Kart, we Two can play together. And if I ever get Mario Kart, we can play. Yeah, That would be amazing. You know, there. Yep. I got a Switch, what, two years ago now for my birthday and... I still want to play. That's one thing about the switch is it's definitely made more for personal gaming or, you know, people sitting next to you physically on the same TV oh, yes. gaming, yep. but you know, you right. can get online. I think with it, I just never tried it, but it would be fun. Right. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Cool. It's a paradigm shift for me, man. So I'm excited to see what you think because, you know, obviously console gaming is a little different. Nintendo, you know, their games are a different style usually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but immersive, incredibly mm-hmm. immersive. So I think you'll like it. I think I will too. I think you'll be incredibly addicted to it. All right. Can't wait to hear. Well, Christmas came early I'll, for you this year. I'll talk about it next week. So, all right. Speaking of Christmas coming early, we were, uh, my parents took us to the Lindsey Sterling concert, you know, a little early Christmas present. And it actually got pushed back a day because that was the big snowstorm night. And right. I didn't, we didn't get to talk about it last week. I know, but I wanted to talk about it, that it was just one of the best concerts that I've been to. And I've been to quite a few concerts over the years. But of course, you know, when I'm looking at a concert, I'm looking for stage presence, talent, you know, bringing musicians to the concert, not just playing only to tracks, background tracks, you know, like you're actually there showcasing talent, audience interaction, entertainment value, all that. Like I'm looking for all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And this was definitely one of the best. So it was Mm. fun to watch. What I think I was more surprised about, because I actually wish this at concerts is like, I wish that artists would get up and just get personal with the crowd once in a while, you know, don't take up the entire time, like make sure you're you're actually performing. But a lot of concerts, like they don't have stage presence and they don't talk to you. And so you just kind of feel like you're listening to the album. In which case I could have been at home the entire time. Some people, some people do like that, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So like I saw star set last year, year and a half, well, it's been almost two years ago now star set concert it was like they were trying to recreate their album to perfection on stage which of course resulted in a massive load of problems but interesting yeah and they weren't personal really it was just i don't know eh, i think it could be really good but they didn't execute it very well for me personally when i go to a concert and it's been a while but when i used to go to lots of concerts i don't i'm not one of those who likes when the when like 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 if you go to a bob dylan concert it's almost purely improvised yeah he improvises the heck out of his stuff and it's really annoying to me i really like like the i went to a dave matthews concert back in the late 90s it was fantastic you know why brian Hmm. because they barely improvised it was almost an exact replica with a little bit of improvisation you know just just a, a smidgen to show that they were not just playing you know they were actually playing instruments or whatnot but it was so close to the album that they were touring for. And it just blew me out of the water. It was so good. So I'm one of those people who actually more appreciates when they do more closely, not exactly, but more closely follow their recorded music than if they improvise. See, and I am too, but the thing, and, and I, people laugh at me about this, but the, the raw, ta- the, let me rephrase that, the, the sheer talent, that's what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. the sheer talent in a Yanni concert. Now, granted, 
you know, things are different nowadays, but you know, in his heyday in the nineties, he did that live at the Acropolis album. That was like multi-platinum or something crazy like that. Right. We saw him, I guess it was kind of a combination of his live at the Acropolis tour. And then also whatever the next album was, I think it was the tribute album. And we saw two concerts with him and he brought in like a hundred handpicked musicians from all around the world. Some of the most talented musicians ever to play on this planet came and performed. So he had hundreds of people up on stage. He had an Aborigine come up in full Aboriginal traditional dress, you know, with the, the orange loincloths and the, the handprints all over him and the, you know, whatever. I don't even really know what it all means, but all of that came out and played the didgeridoo. Uh, and yeah. it was the coolest thing ever, right? So you've got concerts like that, but here's the thing. His music was like the album, but enhanced. So on the right. album, you hear it this way and they played it that way, but they might add in like a seven minute drum solo that just blows right. your mind or they add in this yes. vi- this dueling violin solo that'll yes. blow your mind. And you're just sitting here just like your mouth's wide open from the talent that you're watching. That, I appreciate that. is what I yeah. want at a concert. And usually right. you don't get that. Like you usually get either. It's exactly like the album literally. And if it's not like if they play it one wrong note, it screws the whole thing up because they're playing to like this click track. You know, It's like this, this metronome thing going on in the background right. and they're timing it with stuff. And if it gets off timing, then it looks really weird. And they're trying to play it so perfectly to the studio recording that it just doesn't work. Or they're doing the Bob Dylan thing, like you said, where they're just improvising so much that you're like, what? I don't even recognize this anymore. Yeah. And I don't like that either. Yeah. But Lindsay was Amen. not quite the Yanni quality, but she played it like her album and they did additional stuff too, which was really good. Good. Which was fun. But I was, was she away. glittery? Was she glittery, Brian? Please tell me she was glittery. Oh, yeah, exactly. Purple and glittery. Okay. Yep. Purple, glittery. Yep. Uh, no, That's not purple, thing. but yeah, she was glittery. Gl- <laughs> glittery. And she did a lot of costume changes. It was pretty funny. But I was really on stage on stage. Yes, exactly. Captain. Yeah. Yeah. You should totally go. Yes. You'll see that there were a lot of kids there, too. So it was perfect. Incredible personal chat time, dude. I was blown away how much she sat down and like shared her story. She shared her faith. She shared backgrounds behind the music. Some of the challenges and triumphs that she had. I was very surprised, actually. But I think what was really interesting and you hear the story a lot. You hear the musicians that get up and they say, you know, don't give up, blah, blah, blah. Everybody goes through stuff. You know, in fact, I was just having a conversation. Uh, <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody about this, that when I did profit cast two years, most of the people that I interviewed and I had to edit this stuff out too. most of the people that I interviewed on profit cast, I would, you know, they'd say, Oh, you know, I'm successful. Look at me, look at what I've done and you can do this too. And I would ask kind of these how does somebody get started questions and how does somebody go from point A to point B? You know, you're at point Z, but how do we get, you know, how do we go in the beginning? And they would stumble, man. They would, they they forgot what it was like to be a beginner. They forgot what it was like to struggle and to be unsuccessful. And I would have to edit all that stuff out. Nobody heard yeah. that on profit cast. I did. And it surprised me how much people forgot what it was like to be an average person trying to succeed. And that's typically what I'll hear when it comes to inspirational stuff. You know, it's always about, look at me, I'm here. They don't tell you how they got there though. Most of the time. And even if they say they tell you how they got there, they don't really, because they live a lot out. I was surprised how much Lindsay got up and told us her struggles about, you know, becoming successful. And, you know, she talked about like being on America's got talent and how they pretty much said, you know, yeah, right. You suck as a violinist. You're never going to get anywhere. Like you're terrible. What? That yeah. had to be many years. She was semi famous. Seven like, years now. I was going to say at least five years ago, she was famous. So yeah. So uh, it's been about, so seven she was on America's ago. got talent seven years ago, somewhere in there. I don't know exactly. She didn't say when, and I, I never saw it, but she, uh, it was funny. Cause like when she was growing up, they were saying, you know, first of all, you'll never be able to play the violin because you're weirdly double jointed. Okay. okay. And then the second thing was, is <laughs> you'll never make it professionally as a musician. Good luck. And then of course the America's got talent. And then she said, well, I want to learn how to dance. And she didn't learn how to start dancing until she was 23. I think is what she said. And they pretty much said, yeah, right. You'll never learn to dance. And then she was on dancing with the stars. And by the way, she's incredibly talented as a dancer, super flexible, and, strong. I mean, and limber, yeah, yeah limber. <laughs> Do you remember in, uh, <laughs> was it a uh, men in black too? When they were playing twister with the worms, and, and one of the worms is like limber. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's Lindsay. I said that too. I looked over at Sarah and I was like, "Limber." <laughs> was, oh oh my gosh, yeah. Well, she was literally arching backwards, almost in a like an N shape, playing the violin. Playing the violin. And I'm like, yeah. how? How is that? Well, she actually put a video up on Instagram showing her practicing one of her songs and trying to get the choreography down and trying to actually do it at the same time. And it was showing her messing up. You know, she's like, it takes work to get to this point that what you hear on stage. The other thing she said too that this just inspired me and I want to inspire you all too, is that she talks about that. She said, you know, these insecurities that I used to have before becoming successful, she said, are still here. She said, Mm. back in the day, people told me I couldn't do it. She said, and I, I, she's like, I could not even tell you how many times I have heard that is what she said. And then now she, she says, I have millions of adoring fans and I have those same insecurities. I still struggle with those same things that I had years ago, even though now I'm successful. That's really cool how candid she was about that because yeah, yeah, of course people who have insecurities, even after they, they, I mean, famous people, really successful people are insecure just like anybody else. It's just, there's something, something in their personality drives them in spite of that. And that's, that's what she had clearly. And a lot of times people won't admit it when they're successful because they get to a point where, well, I can't, I'm on a pedestal now. I can't let my fans down, but she's honest about it. Yeah. And then she said, you know, she hears a lot of voices, you know, in the sense of people saying this, people saying that she said, you know, really what it comes down to is the only voice that matters is the voice inside of you. That's an overused saying, but how many of us ever really believe it and act on that? For a lot of people, Brian, to be fair, the voice inside of them is the one that's telling them they can't do it. So you got to be careful. That's true. too. Uh, There's, I mean, I would almost go out on a limb and say a majority of us humans that if they have any kind of internal dialogue, the one that is the loudest is the one that says, oh, you you can't do that. Or no, don't even try. Or you don't want to have to, you don't want to bother. You know, the the inner a-hole, I I like to call it. Um, (laughs) Which yeah, is so true. prevalent in all of us. We all we can all relate to this. I know. So uh, so that's kind of it's tricky to say that to people because that's why it's so cliche. Because really, that inner voice is often negative. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I'm one of those people that the voice inside me is more encouraging than stuff I hear from other people. However, yeah. you are right that there are. I didn't think about that, but there are those out there that you know, their inner voice is actually more negative than the voices around them. So it's like, okay, so then maybe what it should say is the only voice that matters is the voice that's empowering and encouraging you forward. There you go. How about that? Just to, yeah. And, and uh, I just had to throw that little speck of poop in the ice cream. Right no, there, I so. appreciate that because you know, I don't think like that, but you're right that others do. So if I'm sitting here saying, well, the only voice that matters is the voice inside of you. And that leads to people killing themselves because it's negative. Um, that's bad. I wouldn't go that far. No. Okay. Uh, giving up and becoming a teacher. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. No school, one's going to kill themselves. Rock, you said that, okay. No, I know. I. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a valid point to point out. Thanks for well, being pointed and on point. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, yes. I I much appreciate that one, Captain. (laughs) So let's talk TV shows and movies because there's a lot to talk about, but we'll do this fairly quickly because, uh, you know, we don't want to keep you all day. You, Captain, told me about the Netflix show called Daybreak. Yeah. Surprisingly good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? I'm not a fan of zombie shows, and this isn't really a zombie show. They're called ghoulies, and it's not scary at all. It's... And they're in the periphery. They're not even really the main thing. Exactly. You said it was a cross between Ferris Bueller and something else. I forgot what it was. Ferris Bueller and Zombieland. Yeah. And I would also go as to say Mad Max. Um, A little bit. Yeah. Like a three-way cross on that There's a Mad Max uh, element to it, but it's a comedy and it's so, so not a family show. Not even sort of. No. Well. It's very, very R-rated. You know, in some ways, language. It's like language is R-rated in the blood. There's a little bit of blood, you know, like he's. I'm not going to go into details, but, and it's not like in a way that's grotesque as much as like it's shock value blood, which is like, okay, whatever. It's kind of like the kill bill shock value. Yeah. It's not, it's not anything close to walking dead blood and gore, nothing like that, but it's a really, really fun show that has a lot of bad language in it. And it's just really cleverly made and it's got Matthew Broderick in it too. Yeah, I know. And which is how long has it been since we saw him? I, geez, I don't know. The 2012 movie, I think. 
Maybe. Yeah. I haven't seen them since before that. So it's yeah. really good. You're right. The the language really is the R rated aspect of it. And I think right. it's a bit unnecessary. Like I, I feel like they kind of went a little it's, too far. It's a bit gratuitous, but it's not like Eddie Murphy raw gratuitous. It's just they overdo it a little bit, especially with the 12 year old girl. <laughs> yeah. Angelica. So here's the thing. I call her foul mouthed Angelica. I think it oh, would yeah. be absolutely hilarious. Like this would be one of those amazing art styles if they had done it this way instead of her cussing all the time because she is extremely foul mouthed. Yes. It would be so funny if she's talking and all of a sudden she's like, you know, and it's just like <laughs> everything she says is just bleeped out. That would be right. so funny. Yeah, that would be funny. And they could have probably bumped their rating down a little bit. It surprised me how much fun it was. And I was really happy I, on a whim, decided to start watching it. Yeah, it's fun. All right. A bunch of new stuff coming, by the way. Runaways, season three, December 13th. Finally, Lost in Space season two. Finally. Oh, thank God. Yes. I've been, I just the other day, I was looking at Netflix going, when are they going to come out with season two? Yeah, it's and been that's forever. the answer. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. December 24th is coming out Christmas Eve. Fast and Furious Spy Racers. I have Ugh. absolutely no idea what this was, but it caught my attention because I'm like, what? That's, that's Hollywood milking a franchise for Probably. all it's worth. That's it, all that is. It could be good. Who knows? December 26th and then Manifest, which of course I talked about a lot last year. I loved season two comes out January 6th. And of course, that's a lot. There's a lot more coming out, but I just wanted to throw those out. But I wanted to jump in really quickly to episode four of The Mandalorian. We, I don't think we need to get too spoilery. I don't yeah. think so. There's really nothing in it we that won't. was spoilery anyway. It was just kind of another episode, but we'll go through this kind of quickly just because we've been talking yeah. about it every week. And, you know, Brian, you know, I, episodes one through three, I was pretty impressed with. I was really, you know, and, and you know, John Favreau wrote them. I was all excited. Episode four really let me down big time. I thought the writing was just took a huge nosedive. The show really felt like they were starting to go episodic on us, kind of like a, and, and it was structured a lot like maybe like season one of Stargate SG one, which was pretty rough and raw. I love Stargate SG one season one, but only because they went 10 seasons and it just kept getting better and better and better. Uh, but it was still cheese factor. Yeah, there was a bit of a cheese factor, but yeah. the, just some of the acting in this episode was really, really atrocious. Yeah. The plot in this episode was really overdone. Yep. They're starting to overuse Baby Yoda way too much. Like I agree. like they're like they're counting on the awe factor to carry the episode. Um, like the awe, that's cute. Yeah, yeah just yeah. I mean it's just way too much. Like, okay, we we get Baby Yoda's awesome. Why are you showing him every few seconds for like ten seconds? Yeah. There's an A team moment in the episode. There's a hmm. the battle at the end of the episode is mediocre at best. Even the, at the very end of the episode, the soundtrack was even reminiscent of Stargate. I thought that was interesting. Kind of funny. And, you know, I'm going to watch the next episode with bated breath and hope this is not a trend. Uh, at the end, it said written by John Favreau, but I almost yeah. think that he took credit for his six-year-old kid's script <laughs> or something. It was, it was written poorly. It was directed yeah. poorly. It was a big hiccup in the series. So I'm, I'm really hoping that episode five is, pulls out of the nosedive that the episode four put them in. You know, I was really surprised with this episode as well. I didn't hate it. Like I, I enjoyed it. It was one of those like, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a good episode. Not great, not terrible. But I think what surprised me is that it felt like the traditional filler episode that a lot of TV shows have. Sure. Here's the thing though. If you have a 23 episode season, like most network shows, that's fine. I have no problem with the filler episode. You've got to do some, you know, story background, character development, that kind of thing. But you have sure. eight episodes total in your first season with you mm-hmm. pretty much are the flagship show right now of Disney Plus. You got to knock every single episode out of the park. 100%. You don't have time for a filler episode. Like that was a big mistake in my opinion. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Now granted, not everybody's going to agree with me, but I feel strongly that that was a big mistake on the showrunner's part. Here's the I thing. agree with you. You said the storyline was overdone, dude. Yeah, it's the traditional teach. So the villagers are being yeah. bullied. Let's teach them how to fight. They can stand up against the bully. Okay. Yep. How many times has this <laughs> been done? People magnificent seven. It's been done in Star Trek. It's been done in Stargate. It's been done in Andromeda. I'm pretty sure it was done in Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, oh, I literally that's even the tip of the iceberg on, the, oh, on that list. There's got to be that's hundreds. one of the most overplayed plot lines in any yeah even side i mean sci-fi or otherwise yeah. it's just it's so ridiculous. overdone ridiculous and it's super super lazy 
Yes. And there is no reason that they should have used that storyline in this show at all. That was, that was ridiculous. This episode did not further the story of the Mandalorian or baby Yoda and where they were going to go from episode three at all. Yeah. It introduced one new character who was kind of a Brienne of Tarth type of character. Yeah, she was you okay. Like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Really huge buff woman. I and mean, she wasn't even that impressive. So no, as far as a character. So, uh, yeah. I got to like the characters and I didn't like her at all. I thought her. And, and again, I've seen her in one other movie and she was in Fast and Furious. She was one of Hobbes. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, she's just the typical whatever. Right. But I don't know. Eh. <laughs> it was an eh. But I was you brought up the acting. I was shocked how bad the acting was for a show of this caliber and also expectation. It was like I've mentioned Greenhouse Academy and that's like a cheesy Netflix show. As I've mentioned, I like the show seasons one and two really were good, but the acting wasn't very good, but these are young, no name actors. Really? They're, they're building their way into things and they're learning how to act. Dude, it's star Wars. You better have some good acting here in this. And it's not even like Han Solo cheesy acting. It's like these people literally, how did they get in front of a camera kind of acting? Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked. Like, about how did that. the director let them get away with those short lines they had? It's like cut. Yeah. Okay, we need you to redo that, uh, bartender lady. Um, <laughs> she was cut. Bad. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, now, the, 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 just don't act so cheesy this time. Yeah. Cut. Okay, okay. let's just get her out of here. Let's just go with it. Hey, here's the thing, Who though. Like, I, I don't have a problem. Everybody's <laughs> got to learn. Everybody starts terrible. We all start with poor whatever talent we have because we have... I get that, right? If I were to go into acting, I'd be far worse than any of those people. So... Probably not. Nothing... Okay, maybe not. <laughs> nothing against those actors. It's just that you probably shouldn't be on a show like the Mandalorian. If you're still trying to figure out how to act, you know, like that's yeah. where work your way into it kind of thing and practice in the mirror or whatever. But anyway, I'm still annoyed by the music. I'm sorry for those of you who are listening <laughs> to the soundtrack and liking it more power to you. I mean, you ignorance is blit. No, that's terrible. Sorry. If you like it, you like it. That's great. It annoys yeah, me. For you. Like I'm sitting here listening to it and it's annoying me. And I'm like, Oh, I almost want to like turn off the soundtrack, but I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so funny. I'm sorry. I love it. Cause I, I'm, I'm one of those who's the soundtrack just isn't, it's, it's not bothering me at all for whatever reason. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Man, I got to commit okay. to the music that it's bad and it's annoying me regardless. <laughs> it, it's annoying me. Well, I just want to mention one part in the episode. This isn't a spoiler or anything, but he's getting to know one of the villagers, a female oh, yeah. character. You know, she asks, when was the last time you took the helmet off? And he said, when I was a little older than those kids out there, and in front of other people because he, he takes it off to eat whatever. Well, so hold but, on and, just to be just to be fair too, he never has taken his helmet off in front of others. That was the last right. time that anyone's seen his face is when he was a child. Before was when he was he a kid. Yeah. yeah, right. So and then the next scene, he has his helmet off next to him on the on the on the on the table and he's eating and the flap, the tent flaps are wide open <laughs> and that lady and a bunch of kids are right outside the tent playing yeah, like 30 and he's feet watching away. them while he eats with his helmet off. <laughs> All they had to do was look up. I know. See his face. I saw that. I was oh, like, it just cracked me seriously? up. Like, really guys. Yeah. I, I would have understood if like, he's got to eat, right? How's he going to eat and through oh, his man. helmet? He would have closed the door, closed the tent yeah. flap. And then he would have taken us. That would have been cool. But I was like, Oh, they're going to look at you. Wow. It was just, it was just criminal writing. Honestly, yeah, that's that what was. it was criminal it, writing. So it really was. I'm sure that John Favreau did not actually write that screenplay. He couldn't have, he was, if he did, he was hung over really badly <laughs> Turkey, or he was in a really bad mood and he was under a deadline. He had to get a, he had to throw a script out in like an hour and he just went like that. So I, that had to be what it was. I, I don't know. You're right. Like that doesn't make any sense either. Cause Favreau's got good stuff out there, but yeah, he's good. You know, here's the thing. As much as we criticize this, it's fun to criticize this, <laughs> but let's be honest. I'm still enjoying the show all in all, right? It's not yeah. an amazing show to me. I mean, I'm still interested because it's Star Wars, but I have literally heard people say and also seen people post. They think this is either the best Star Wars ever done yet. Not kidding. Or yeah. some of the best Star Wars that they've ever seen. If you're that person, you know, look, keep on enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I'm not criticizing. I, I don't see that. I'm not experiencing right. that. I think it's decent, but I have seen far better in the Star Wars universe. And I think this show deserves better. Yeah. But if you're loving it, keep loving it. Don't let us, you know, make your yeah, life Don't let negative. us bring it down. No, no, no. Really. And, and, and to be perfectly fair, like the first three episodes, I could see where people were coming from when they said that after the fourth episode, 
again, we've we've got to see what episodes five through eight bring us. Uh, we'll obviously, see. I'm not gonna I'm not going to throw this show in the trash yet. Nope. One bad episode does not make a bad show. So we'll see what happens. And I still thought episodes one and two were still only okay. I thought three was good, but I thought four mm-hmm. was like, okay, that went the wrong way, but whatever <laughs> it is what it is, but I hope you're enjoying it. would love to hear yeah. some feedback too. Like if you're enjoying the show, what are you thinking about it? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? And it's totally okay. We're not trying yeah. to convince you in one way or the other. We're just giving you our opinions. Uh, yeah. and, and again, this goes back to, we want to love this show. We really do very much. Yeah. Yes. All right. So a couple movies really quickly. We're going to see Ford versus Ferrari. I know that that is, um, you know, a little late to the game on this one, but I've heard nothing but extremely positive reviews from every single person that I've talked to that's seen this movie. It's got an 8.3 on IMDb, although I don't really trust that anymore. No, you can't. But I've heard nothing but good reviews. We're going to see it. We'll review it next week. Code 8. I wanted to mention this. This is one of those little like indie films. Some of you may know what Code 8 is. If you are familiar with Arrow, this is a project that Steven and Robbie Amell have been working on for years now. In fact, I remember they they did like a little trailer announcement at one of the heroes and villains, and I think it was in 2016 that they were talking about it, and they were trying to get funding to finish it and everything. So this has been three years ago. It comes out December 13th, same day as the new Jumanji, which I'm excited about too. I but, didn't know there was a new Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the next version, you know, <laughs> The Rock. So I'm excited. I got to go check out Code 8. I don't know if it's going to be amazing or not, but it looks interesting. Check out the preview. A little fascinating. And uh, another interesting upcoming thing is it's called Ghostbusters 3 slash Ghostbusters 2020. I don't know if there's an official title yet. Coming out in August of next year. And I thought, wait, what is, is this like another one with the, the four women from a couple years ago? No, it's the original cast. So I thought, oh, that's a little nuts. The original, first of all, Egon's dead. Well, I know, but it's everyone uh, else. And Aykroyd and, and Murray are ancient. And so I that'll know, be really interesting. I think it's great because the <laughs> reboot, in my opinion, was absolute trash. And so like, yeah. this is great. They're kind of like, oh, maybe we should come back and do a third one. Who knows? It probably won't be that great, but interesting. One way or the other. I hope so. I really, I'm crossing my fingers on that one. I was crossing my fingers on the last Ghostbusters movie too. So yeah, I'm sorry. Is it trash? No, it just, it was executed poorly and they didn't do it in a way that I think did the franchise justice at all. Like I, I just thought it was a poorly done movie, but that's an old movie now. I think it was like three, four years ago. That's like ancient. (laughs) We're over it. We're over it. All right. So we did get to go see Harriet, which I actually didn't really even know anything about. Somebody mentioned it. And then our friends invited us to go see it last minute. We're like, sure. What's it about? Oh, it's about Harriet Tubman. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, good historical movies done well, even though I'm not a history buff like you are. All I got to say is, wow. And I was shocked because First of all, again, don't trust IMDb, I guess the ratings on IMDb were like in the six ish out of 10. And I was like, what? Totally disagree with that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were complaining about some random thing in it, but I thought the movie was fantastically done. The acting was good. The soundtrack was good. It wasn't over dramatized. Like you would think of a good history movie and they take like some romance section, for example, of this person's life and just overdo it. You know, nothing like that at all. It was a great portrayal of Harriet Tubman of her history as a slave to escaping from slavery to freeing slaves, you know, underground railroad to leading the, um, well, it was a, an infantry battalion or whatever they called that, you know, in the civil war, it was a very historical moment. I've got to look that up. I had no idea Harriet Tubman fought in a battle. No idea. Yeah. And I haven't seen this movie, by the way, uh, folks. I, I actually, when Brian told me he saw it, I had actually missed it. Mm-hmm. And it was already out of the theaters here. And I'm going to have to wait for DVD, but I will be checking it out on a DVD for sure. Yeah. Have you done any research online about her actual involvement in in the Civil War? Yeah. So, And it was a very brief scene in the movie, but um, it was the, I don't know how you pronounce this, the Combahee River Raid. That's uh-uh. pronounced correctly. So she started off like in... I think she was a nurse in the civil war. They didn't really show a whole lot about her involvement in the civil war, but she led, uh, it was the first woman to lead an armed assault during the civil war. And they saved like, or they liberated, I think is what it was like 750 slaves or so during that Combahee river raid. And that was, she was the first person to do that. Uh, Of course they didn't pay her, which was sad. Um, I blame Ken Burns for not notifying me of this decades ago. (laughs) 
yeah. dude, that should have. I mean, knowing Ken, that should have been in his Civil War documentary. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fascinating. I felt like the movie did a really good job portraying the history of Harriet Tubman. They did a great job of dramatizing it in a proper way. Mm-hmm. And and you know me, there was no agenda in it. I mean, obviously the agenda is slavery is bad, but we all know that. Yeah. So beyond that obvious and horrific time of our history, there's no agenda. And I was so proud of the writers for not pushing any agenda. They just showed it how it was, at least to the best of our knowledge. Huh. And, you know, there were some things. So she had a head wound when she was younger uh, as a slave, I guess they uh, cracked her head open pretty well. And she started having all these weird spells and other issues and stuff like that. Well, she attributed it to visions from God, premonitions and stuff like that. And I've read history on that and they showcased that. And I'm sure some people probably didn't like that. And that's probably why the ratings are low, but it was historical. But one way or the other is that she would claim that she would see, you know, a glimpse of the future. And that's how she was able to save these slaves. Well, who's to say she didn't? So amazing, amazing stuff. Just far. This is one of those movies that I believe everybody should see regardless. It's just it's a part of our history that one, I think we should know about. And two, it's inspiring. It's empowering. And it's also hard to watch at times. So really good, though. Really, really well done. I was so, so surprised how good it was. So, you know, here's my opinion. She's a true and strong woman. You see all these quote strong women that they're trying to portray in movies these days. No, Harriet Tubman. That's a yeah. good woman right there. I personally would love to see her on the $20 bill, Brian. Sorry. Oh, that would be awesome. I know a lot of people just disagree with that, but I mm, think I'm all up for it. certainly earned it. I would agree. She's earned it. Well, there you have it. We'll talk about Ford V Ferrari next week. And of course, tons of other stuff, but thank you for joining us. So exciting. This was fun. Yeah. We'll see if Mandalorian episode five has uh, pulled up. So. Let's hope for it. Boom. Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. Wouldn't it be great if the Mandalorian went in a totally different direction? Like Baby Yoda gets wet and suddenly hatches a bunch of spawn things that latch onto people's faces and then explode out of their chests? I'd watch that. I'd watch that too. You know what the music means? Oh yeah. Yeah! Well, thank you for joining us. Go over to realbryanshow.com slash 189 for the show notes, links, and all that good stuff. And hey, we'd love to hear from you as always. But thank you for listening. Captain, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Have a glorious... You're welcome. Thank (laughs) thank you and you're welcome. (laughs) Good evening, good night, and uh, Real Brian Show signing off. See ya. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.